Welcome back, folks. We're here with the final installment of the arts and crafts period of furniture. Yeah. Probably a slightly brief, brief episode. Yeah, we could probably talk about a little bit of it because we're going to talk about the legacy of the arts and crafts movement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've been at it. Yeah. Slaving away here. Takes it out of you. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Bits and Bits. You can save 15% on your order using the uh, coupon code American Craftsman. What do they sell over there at Bits and Bits? Bits and Bits are uh, they're fine purveyors of router bits and bits for your CNC, um, as well as Festool accessories, consumables. I think they might sell some tools also. Mm, um, check it out. They, they manufacture their own spiral bits, and they also manufacture, or I'm sorry, they actually coat white side bits with their proprietary coating, um, Astro coating, which helps keep the bits cooler, sharper, or longer. Uh, really good stuff. We're dedicated users. Yeah. Uh, so check them out. Help support the podcast. American Craftsman, save 15%. Nice. So we'll get into it here. We're talking about the legacy of uh, the arts and crafts movement. Yeah, I'll start with a couple of quotes from uh, the founding father of the movement, William Morris. Uh, and although these are pretty nice quotes, we as we went deeper into the history of things, like with the Shakers, and uh, everybody doesn't come out as gleaming as they go in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of people like Chippendale that came out like way higher in our estimation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know if it's possible to be even higher, but the Green Brothers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did take a look at it and we've got a, probably a better appreciation for the execution of the Hall Brothers who, who built a lot of that stuff. But... Uh, Morris, uh, father of the English arts and crafts movement, he says... That's if, the, second, the second tier one. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a golden rule that will fit everything, this is it. Have nothing in your houses that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. Sounds like you ripped that right out of a shaker I know. pamphlet. Um, and this one, I do not want art for a few any more than I want education for a few. Or freedom for a few. So that was that sort of egalitarian approach, uh, the social reform that went along with the, um, the, the, what would you call the manufacturing reform and the design right. reform. Industrialization. Yeah. Yeah. William Morris kind of sounds like a, like he was like a do as I say, not as I do kind of guy. Yeah. I thought you were going to say politician. Yeah, that too. I I, I could have. That's the you. that's that's what I was yeah. uh, envisaging in my yeah. mind. We've been we've been around each other enough to kind of know what what you're th the other one's thinking, and I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah, he's a uh, a lot of talk. Um. So the founders of the arts and craft movement were some of the first major critics of the industrial revolution. Uh, did you know that? Uh, disenchanted with the impersonal, mechanized direction of society in the 19th century, they sought to return to a simpler, 
more fulfilling way of living. Like the medieval times. <laughs> and we're not talking about the medieval times where you buy a big turkey leg. Yeah. And, uh, and wear a funny hat. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the one where there's rats running around. And the king might just send his, his counselors to come kill you. Right. You have to pay all of your money, you know, your your wages and taxes or the the um the wheat that you've grown that sort of thing yeah and you got like robin hood to come save your ass yeah um well the movement is admired for its use of high quality materials and for its emphasis on utility in design uh, again a rebuke of the victorian uh fluffiness and yeah like that frilly morris chair yeah emphasis on um, you know facades and things like that the arts and crafts emerged in the United Kingdom around 1860 at roughly the same time as the closely related aesthetic movement hmm. but the spread of the arts and crafts across to the Atlantic across the Atlantic to the United States in the 1890s enabled it to last longer at least into the 1920s that's kind of how we're familiar with it. Yeah. Although the movement did not adopt its common name until 1887, in these two countries, the arts and crafts existed in many variations and inspired similar contemporaneous groups of artists and reformers in Europe and North America, including Art Nouveau, the Weiner Workstadt, hmm. the Prairie School, and others. We know the Prairie School from Frank Lloyd Wright. I'm not sure who the the Weiner Werkstatt is. That's obviously yeah. German. Weiner Werkstatt. So yeah. yeah. Uh, the faith in the ability of art to reshape society exerted a powerful influence on its many successor movements in all branches of the arts. So it's an interesting thought to think that art can shape society um yeah not vice versa right especially i mean nowadays we have such strong um uh what's the the media like the the types of media we have each every person when we're doing a podcast is instagram is mm -hmm. all these ways that you can um put your ideas social out. Social media you're talking about? Social media? Yeah, social media, but just the the mediums that we have at our right. disposal are so much... Um, Everyone's got a soapbox. Right, a broader reaching and more powerful. Back in those days, the idea of trying to create a movement like that, um, it's pretty daunting. Yeah. Well, let's see what some of the key ideas and accomplishments of the arts and crafts movement were. Um, the arts and crafts movement existed under its specific name in the United Kingdom and the United States. And these two strands are often distinguished from each other by their respective attitudes towards industrialization, where in Britain, arts and crafts, artists and designers tended to be either negative or ambivalent towards the role of the machine in the creative process. Americans tended to embrace machinery more readily. Hmm. Um, and I think we sort of, got that point um the practitioners of the movement strongly believed 
that the connection forged between the artist and his work through handcraft was the key to producing both human fulfillment and beautiful items that would be useful on an everyday basis. As a result, arts and crafts artists are largely associated with the vast range of the decorative arts and the architecture as opposed to the high arts of painting and sculpture. So, again, there's this belief that um, you're going to lead a more fulfilling life by engaging in handcraft. Yeah. I um, mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not toiling away, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's, you know, you're just substituting and toiling away with a hand playing and toiling right. away, you know, pushing a button. Right. Um, the arts and crafts aesthetic varied greatly depending on the media and location involved, but it was influenced most prominently by both the imagery of nature and the forms of medieval art, particularly the Gothic style, um, which enjoyed a revival in Europe and North America during the mid-19th century. Yeah, thanks to our boy, Augustus Pugin. <laughs> As a name we may not forget. <laughs> Was it Augustus? Augustus, yeah. yeah. So uh, linked with the arts and crafts movement was this anti-industrialization movement. Um, and some people have asserted that the arts and crafts movement was anti-industrial and utopian. Um, and I guess depending on what country you were in, it, it could seem so. I mean, Ruskin and, and Morris and those guys, they, I think that's really was their, their core focus. Yeah. Um, they had some communes, I think, in England, right? Yeah, yeah. And it almost sounds a little bit um, dystopian instead of utopian, like work will set you free comes yeah. to mind. And, you know, sort of like some of the the communist uh, sloganeering mm-hmm. about work and all this stuff me, making you happy. Um, the lines start to blur. Yeah. In in retrospect, um, the people that asserted that arts and crafts were anti-industrial were partly right. Um, here's the missing part. The movement was not anti-machine or anti-industrial production per se. It just felt that the system should serve man better. And, and I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it should underpin the work of an artist or designer who both understood and mastered the entire production process alone. Um, again, it's that separation, the division of labor, which really led to the downfall of, of craft, craftsmanship mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, being able to pass those uh, skills along. Uh, let's see, where are we? In, in, in ties, it, all, it ties in well with the fact that Morris was fine about a printing press producing his wallpapers, for instance. You know, it, he's, it's a flip flop. he's a flip He's a, he's a waffler. Yeah. Morris is a waffler. Yep. <laughs> One of the intentions of subverting the capitalistic value chain was to offer something of democratic merit. 
Yet one of the great paradoxes of the movement was that it achieved quite the opposite. Mm. <laughs> we went over this for sure. The artist took so much pride in the manual craft and quality materials that it was only the well-heeled customers who could afford the art and design. Right. Hence the need for machines. Right. I mean, that's why sometimes we got to use the domino machine and can't cut hand cut dove a hand cut mortise and tenons on right. everything. Um, here's an example. The books published by the Kelmscott Press were of such high quality and printed in such low volume that they instantly became treasured collectibles sold at highly inflated rates. Jeez. So you have this arts and crafts, you know, book publisher and, you know, presser of books. And the the people they were, you know, advocating couldn't even afford one of the books. Yeah. Uh, I, Sounds I ask, like a politician. Yeah. Is there a new arts and crafts movement? Today in the era of smartphones, social media, virtual reality, and 3D printing, technologies evolving faster than ever. Uh, it can be exciting. It can be overwhelming. For the boomers. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> I mean, listen, somebody my age, you got to, it's, you got to work to stay just with your head above water. It's some of the things are not natural, but this is, I guess this is the way everybody feels. You know, when you get to a certain point where you've passed your comfortable zone of what you grew up with and everything like that. Yeah. Um, in the past few decades, uh, increasingly sophisticated mass production methods have led to an abundance of choices for consumers. But with that sometimes comes a loss of individuality and quality. Uh, for example, many of us can relate to visiting a friend's house and noticing they have the same Ikea rug or picture frame or throw pillow yep. as you or somebody else you know. Yeah. More and more people are therefore replacing or uh, rejecting machine-produced products in favor of handmade items from independent retailers, crafters, and artists. You hear, hear. Yeah. That's us. Uh, the social trend mirrors the original arts and crafts movement of the 19th century when people advocated a return to traditional craftsmanship during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, I put a note here. The driving forces and goals of the arts and crafts movement were different than those present today in the maker movement. Hmm. Today, rather than completely reject modern technology... Artists and consumers alike can use the internet in their favor. Online stores create opportunity for buyer and seller. This in, in turn allows many contemporary artists and designers to make a living from their craft, an option that not that may not have been possible pre-internet. Yeah. Yeah. So not only this, but living in the information age gives creates opportunity to thrive, share ideas, learn new skills. Many online communities exist. We're a part of several where artists and crafters willingly share their knowledge by giving workshops, online classes, and spread their love of traditional craft. Yeah. Man, I've seen some people giving classes who have no 
business giving classes. Just yeah, just that's saying. that's kind of the double edged sword of uh, the internet, and they're getting paid. That's the sad part. Yeah. Um. So the legacy is two questions here. I what is the legacy of the arts and crafts movement, and is there really a new arts and crafts movement? Um. I mean, I think you kind of pigeonhole yourself if you try and compare it to arts and crafts. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Is there something going on? A rejection of the mass production? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know how closely you can compare it to the arts and crafts movement. What do you think about the, the social aspects with the way people are kind of, especially after COVID, you know, people are rejecting the cubicle work life and maybe yeah. trying to um, cobble together maybe something that's less uh, fulfilling financially, but more rewarding personally. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, but I think a lot of people have no idea what they're getting in, get, you know, getting themselves <laughs> into. There's something to be said for the steady paycheck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's certainly admirable, you know, people chasing uh, what may or may not be their, you know, quote unquote dream. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are confused and they, you know, it's maybe just sort of a fleeting, fleeting feeling that they're having. Um, chairs are creaky. Because uh, you can see, you know, in a lot of these people, the sort of interest like a pseudo interest right like they're like oh yeah I'm into woodworking but they don't they don't do any real you know studying or you know they don't know any of the great any of the people who we've spoken about or any you know real contemporary woodworkers they got they're, their job site saw yeah they're just playing a, a, a it's a big act I think a lot of it mm -hmm. um I think it's in one sense like that, I'll call a young person's game because there's it's there's no long-term stability in it. And people are going to hit a point where they go, oh, hell, you know, um, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to get my insurance? Where am I going to get my uh, retirement benefits? Mm-hmm. I gave up my uh, IT job for this. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, um, as my my thought starts to, whatever, become more coherent to what I was just uh, talking about, I think a lot of it is like people are tr are cultivating personalities mm -hmm. instead of cultivating real skills. You know, because of social media, they they think that. Well, I don't really need the skills. I just need the personality and I can put myself out there and I'll be able to make a living because of my personality. And this is just sort of, this just happens to be the medium that I work in is I'm a woodworker. Quote I think that's a great point. Um, um, there's, there's several stereotypes out there that really just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they prosper. Yeah. Um, 
You got the you got the woman woodworker in the sports bra. Yeah, that's a big one right now. <laughs> no shoes operating machinery. Yeah. No shoes, shorts and a sports bra, right. but safety glasses. Right. <laughs> Sexy safety glasses. Yeah. <laughs> um you got the bro in the, you know, with the beard mm -hmm. and the Flat brim hat and a flannel yeah. shirt with the big boots. Yeah, untied sometimes. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the these people aren't paying the respect to the right. No. You know, it's like there's like a, uh, a rite of passage where if you are serious about this, then you need to look into the past and and examine, you know, how we got to where we are today. And yeah. a lot of these people are making zero attempt at that. They don't even know who Green and Green are or Stickley no. or Thomas Chippendale or, or any of these people. They're the Millie Vanilli. Yeah. You they're know, they're lip syncers. And eventually the, the tape skips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said it as a joke, I, I think it was last episode, like these people don't know green and green, but they know bourbon moth or they know stumpy nubs mm -hmm. or uh, uh, wood whisperer or I don't even know. I'm so disconnected. I don't know who all the big, I actually like Mark the wood whisperer, but um, you know, they know all these hack half-assed people on the internet and you call yourself a woodworker and you don't know who Thomas Chippendale is. Right. Who's again, we've, I mean, we're so enamored of his input and contribution to what we do. And we didn't even realize it yeah. until, um, you know, we looked into it and that's what we're trying to urge everybody to do. You know, if you're, if you say you're interested in, uh, you know, woodworking or whatever it is, take a look at the people's shoulders you're standing on. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, like, aspire to make, uh, you know, a Chippendale wardrobe. Right, because we aren't. No, that's not the point. It's not, oh, well, they don't, I don't want to make what they made. That, But that's not what it's about, you know? Yeah, look at the influence. Look at the input and the output. Yeah, where they drew their influences from, the impact of what they made on society. Yeah, it's... It's uh, it's been interesting to to see how the ties between social movements and society and uh, war and death and life yeah. have all impacted all these movements in furniture design. It it just wasn't this thing that existed in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want your work to be considered art, and you you consider it as art, which you should, if you are trying to do a good job then you need to examine the social uh, impact and the social influence, you know, of your work. Because mm -hmm. that's what art is. That's what art is. Yeah. And in a production facility, sometimes uh, like waste is, is something you should be considering, mm -hmm. you know, longevity of what you're producing. Is this, um, you know, something that's going to end up in a landfill in five or seven years, or is this 
Yeah, multi generational. Yeah. Um, I mean, we think about all that stuff, and we try and come up with the best balance. Um, so the new arts and crafts movement. I, I'd love to hear what people think. Yeah. There's got to be another name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the maker movement. Yeah. I just hate the word. It does have a really, I mean, for, for folks like us who actually like make things. <laughs> like really make things? We don't want to be lumped in with people who just make social media content yeah um that that's what it is it's sort of it feels like it 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 cheapens what we do yeah yeah um because there's there's so much um well not that people don't work at their craft whatever it is it's just i would like it to have another name than this the name that people might use to describe what we do yeah yeah it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, a, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Like I like to fish, but I don't call myself a professional fisherman. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the same thing. Like not on the same level as someone who that's what they do. Right. That's how they earn a living is they, they go fishing. Not only can, do they own their, earn their living that way, but they have, um, learned enough that they can pass some things on. Yeah. Um, they have some authority. Right. It's like, here are some skills that I've learned that, you know, I did not invent these. I'm passing these on now. And here, here's this information. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's take it down the road a little bit further even. Yeah. Well, it's been interesting. Yeah, man, um, we, we went off on a tangent there, huh? <laughs> I I don't think we could avoid it. Um, once we got to the Industrial Revolution and then, um, you know, all the, the fallout from that, I think it's inevitable because we, we fight against all these things on a daily basis in our business. Yeah, yep. Um, it's, it's really such a... Um, I, I, a prominent, it might be too strong of a word, but it, it, it's a, it's a reality for us every single day. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, okay, so if we're, let's say we're, uh, students of the arts and crafts ideology and what we're seeing now is a lot of rejection to industrialized manufacturing and, you know, with people, these quote unquote makers, but the thing that they're missing is the quality right. and the the care, you know, just slapping together some BS in your garage. It's not, we're not in the same boat. You're mm -hmm. not, just because you're making something doesn't mean that you're, you know, an ideologue of the arts and crafts movement. Right. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff you see out there is a bunch of like two by fours and things like that painted and looking you know, set up for a camera shot from a 10 yards away. Yeah. You know, poor, constructed with no prior research of, you know, real ways to do things. <laughs> I'm not saying Let's anything has to be... visit these things in a year. <laughs> yeah, expensive or, you know, require a high level of skill to do. It's just, if you just jump in and try and do it, 
you're not going to know how to do it because you you haven't studied on how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Well, we advocate for people to um, to learn and to do. Yeah, and I mean, we both taught ourselves how to do this, so yeah. there's no reason why you can't. That's right. It's it's not. There's no mysticism. No. Well, I said it the other day. Somebody was saying something. I said it's easy. I said it's all easy. It just mm-hmm. takes practice. Right. You just, just have cut, to learn how to do it and then do it. Cut into a line. Takes practice. Yeah. Well, there we are. Yeah. This is a short one. Is it? We're at the 28-minute mark. So we're going to have to give them a little bonus show uh, next uh, next week. Yeah, that. well, we can talk about a little bit what's going on in the shop. All right. Um, <coughs> so let's see. Right now, we, uh, we're getting ready. Hopefully tomorrow we'll deliver. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen. This is a month into the future, but uh, the oak... Uh, sort of, uh, what the hell would you call those? They're not consoles. They're not side s- tables. Man, they're not really tables. Yeah, they're like almost like they're almost like meaty. big bedside tables. Yeah, yeah, they're little, you know, fifteen inch deep, sixteen inch deep cabinets, thirty six inch wide kind of thing. Um, with the brass mesh doors that you've seen on our Instagram. So we'll, we're going to deliver those tomorrow, hopefully. Um, we're working on some closets, maple closets and cherry closets for a job. Uh, then we're going to be getting into that. Uh, we got to build that solid walnut cabinet. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, we got to get that done. Um, with the pocket doors, we got uh, some living room kind of stuff going on for another job. A bench, floating shelves, a banquette on a welding project. Yeah. Um, working on a bunch of bids for a job in the Hamptons, which looks like that's going to happen. Working on, uh, well, you know, what's going to happen if we, when we go out there, we're going to have to pay a visit to, uh, uh, Corey and Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Working on some drawings for a basement storage kind of thing. Just some, uh, we designed nice that unfortunately meeting. went off the, <laughs> went off the rails and you know now not now, gonna be as nice as it could have been it's but, a bite your tongue kind of job yeah um gave them a really nice design but they want to go with a not so nice design but as long as the money's green and we had a nice meeting yesterday oh uh, yeah met a couple of nice designers local trying to uh do some work with them she said she was going to get back to me yesterday, and she didn't. Um, but, yeah, working on a design for them. We're pretty busy. Yeah. We'll be going on our first vacation since the inception of the company. Yeah. Well, we did go fishing. That's but that, that was yeah. just a weekend. We only missed one day. Yeah. we Did we talk about going fishing at all? Uh, I don't think so. We just... Did we come back last weekend or this... Or has it been two weeks? Mm, two weeks. Yeah, we couldn't have been taught. We couldn't have. No. We didn't podcast since we came no, back. No, because we, uh, we recorded, I think, the week before we left. Yeah. Yeah, so we went up fishing with Keith from Blackthorn, Working Hands Podcast, uh, my buddy Anthony, his brother Austin. Uh, it was it was a good time. The, there was no fish, but saw some snow, 
had a nice day on Saturday, nice weather. It was, you know, cool, but good sunshine. You know, it was funny that the, the water the first day was 33 degrees and you could really feel like you'd be in there for a little while and your toes would get numb. Yeah, like numb, not even numb, just hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then the water warmed up like 10 degrees into oh, the 40s, right? No, no, no. It was like 35 on Saturday. That's it? Yeah. It. I had, my feet didn't get numb at all on Saturday. Yeah. It was also, yeah, it was cloudy and snowing on Friday. And then Saturday there was uh, some sun and we were shielded from the wind. It was a beautiful day on Saturday. It really yeah. was. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so next, uh, well, this will be next week for now, but three weeks in the past, I'm going to a wedding in Dominican Republic. What yeah. are you doing? You're doing a staycation? I'm staycationing. Well, we got the puppy now, so. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I hope my wife goes out like every day. You know, she'll, she'll be feeling this new sense of freedom because she's been spending more time at home than she usually does because oh, of the puppy. Yeah. And, uh, you can tell her, listen, you go out, enjoy yourself. I'll stay home with the dog. Don't oh worry. yeah. She'll be out all day. I'll tell her I'll cook. Don't I'll, you just come home for dinner, <laughs> which might be nice. You know, I could, I could cook a few nice dinners. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a, we're doing a Thursday to Tuesday. Vacation. Yeah, buddy. Not bad. No, that's that's it. When people think we, uh, you know, always they always sort of glamorize oh, our life. Dream. <laughs> it's been two and a half years, and we're taking four days off. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not that we don't. The thing is with us. We have a good quality of life yeah. throughout the year. We don't feel the need to... I'm not living for the weekend. Right. So, I mean, there are days where we'll look at each other and go, we got enough done today. It's three o'clock. Call it quits or we're not feeling that hot. Or... Yeah. So, we're smart that way. Happy cows make good cheese. Yeah. That's what they say in California. What else? What else we got going on? Um... Well, Working on more designs for Donnie Douglas, of mm -hmm. course. Um, we're right oh, we've got a a pretty high-profile uh, project bubbling up. Yeah, yeah. Could be making a thousand or something. <laughs> Literally a thousand. I know. But that'll be a big change for us, you know, yeah. batching out a small piece, a thousand small pieces of something. But with a big name... Mm -hmm. Someone who uh, we actually, I, mean, I guess you don't, you probably don't know know of them as well as I do, but you know somebody who I uh, like and admire. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? I was gonna say something. Uh, completely lost my train of thought. Oh, we got a new drill press coming. Hopefully, we yeah. have it by now. I keep checking the tracking. There's no updates. We bought that Nova Voyager DVR. Mm. Can't wait for that baby. After the shop box tried to murder me. 
had we, to go. We got we got a literally a fifty dollars shop box drill press that I bought used. Tried to take out my jugular. <laughs> That's been, that's on the ricketyest craftsman cabinet. Oh, God. I hate that thing. Yeah, it'll be nice to, uh, I wonder if they make a mobile base for that. There's got to be one oh, that's the sure. right size. Yeah, if we not, gotta... we can make one. We should make it on those eight inch casters. We'll mm -hmm. put them on like outriggers. Yeah. So, because, you know, that thing's going to be tippy. Um, yeah, I mean, we're always running into times where we can't get low enough with that thing. The throw is too short. The depth, the distance between yeah, the, the quill and the and the 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 column, yeah, is too small. Yeah, it's not really meant for uh, a, a shop like ours. That's for sure. Yeah, and we've been putting um, the Grizzly wide belt sander, mini wide belt sander, through its paces. Oh yeah, that thing's awesome, and. It's just flying colors all around with mm -hmm. that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, occasionally we'll set the, uh, like, um, overload limiter off because you're trying to take too heavy of a pass, but it's it's just a mistake. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you, you set it wrong and you're you're taking off like a, an eighth of an inch or something and it'll shut the machine down because, yeah. you know, it senses the, the draw, the amp draw is too high, which is good that it has a... a um, thing to be able to do that so you don't damage the machine yeah we don't typically use it for heavy passes like that no 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 um but it's it's really performed probably beyond our expectations yeah i mean it's paid for itself by this point oh uh, yeah and yeah. saving you know time saving the vesting finish is still immaculate yeah that's kicking ass too and um I feel like we get better and better with it. Yeah. Like picking up little things to do or not do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not everything stands the test of time. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've been fortunate. <laughs> We got a visit yesterday from Too Many Mistakes oh, on yeah. his new bike. Yeah. So uh, he's you, if you follow Too Many Mistakes, Manny uh, picked up a, a little Sportster. Yeah, it's nice. And he dropped by to show it off, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I, I wonder, if, is I don't think he's, has he posted anything on his? Uh, uh, I think so. Maybe yeah. on a story. Yeah. It was an Iron Horse 883 or something like that's called. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a nice looking bike. Yeah, he's already deep into customizing it. Oh, yeah. That's Manny's style. Of course. Um, yeah, well, there's been a lot going on in the shop and a lot to follow. Yeah. Um, it's exciting times. Yeah, Maker Camp will be here before we know it. Yeah, six months. We're planning to head up there probably, right? Oh, yeah, we're heading I up mean, there. I uh, mean, we'll definitely be attending, but we're we're hoping to uh, have a woodworking uh, segment up there. Yeah, well, yeah, if it falls apart at this point, that's, that's no it's good. It's not on us. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, I mean, I would say with 99.99% positivity, that yeah. will be... Um, uh, part of the woodworking tent. We're going to yeah. have a woodworking tent this year. 
Yeah. I just didn't uh, commit 100% because we didn't have, you know, everything's still yeah, sort of in yeah. the planning stages. Yeah, I guess this may be the official announce announcement. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no. Austin talked about it on Keith's podcast. Keith, Chad, and Tony's podcast, I should say. The Working yeah. Hands podcast. Check them out. Um, yeah, if you didn't listen, we were actually on their podcast a couple weeks ago. Well, if you're listening to this now, probably about seven weeks ago. <laughs> you're doing the math. Yeah. <laughs> so check that out. They, they really have a good podcast. Yeah. Um, like... You know, Keith is mainly a woodworker. Chad is a does digital fab. Tony's a blacksmith, and we don't do blacksmithing really. Just that one time or digital fab. I mean, kind of a little bit of three D printing, but it's just a good podcast. Like, yeah, just you know, to it listen flows. to the guys shoot the shit. It's it's good. Yeah, um, we listen to it all the time, especially when we're on the road. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's all we got. I think it's plenty. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. You want to support the podcast, head over to the Patreon. You can uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can head over to Bits and Bits or Vesting and use one of our codes. Uh, show those guys that that you're listening to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bits and Bits especially, they're a sponsor. So we want to show them that um, they're not wasting their time. Being a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to get into uh, Art Nouveau. Art Nouveau. Later. Ciao.